Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Deskwartz, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I know you're going to enjoy this one because I'm bringing a longtime friend of mine into Walker's behind the microphone. Dr. Daniel Clower is going to be joining me. We're going to talk blue oceans, innovative concepts, clinical dentistry, doing things dentist, doing things differently. And I know you're going to get a lot out of it. I can't wait for it. Brew another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee. Get your pad and pen ready. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. And thanks, everyone, once again, for joining me on the podcast today. I am your host. This is Perrin Desports, as you well know. And as I teased in the introduction, I'm going to be joined behind the microphones today by a good friend of mine in DeWalker's, Dr. Daniel Clower, founder of TMJ and Sleep Dentistry Center in Granger, Indiana. Daniel, thanks so much for joining me on the show today, my friend. Thanks for having me, Perrin. I really appreciate it. You got it, Daniel. It is great to be on with you today. As I mentioned, DeWalker and I are are big fans of yours. We've gotten to be friends with you through the years, spent some quality time together. And yours is a business, a concept, a sort of departure from the norm that I am a huge fan of. And I really can't thank you enough and really appreciate your time and making a little bit of time for us this afternoon on on this podcast. So let me let me maybe just kind of yield the floor to you for a second, Daniel, and tell us uh, a little bit about your background, what you got into, uh, what got you into dentistry in the first place, um, and then also kind of the business you've built uh, and, and what all you do. This is going to be fun. Well, yeah, no, happy to jump into it. And thanks again for having me and uh, hope you and DeWalker are doing well. Um, so I grew up, uh, you know, my, my father's a physician and always kind of thought I'd go into healthcare. And then as I started shadowing at like hospitals and stuff, I kind of just didn't like the, I don't know, some of the, it just didn't seem to be like a, a place I would, I would thrive. And so I actually put a backseat on it. My grandfather as a dentist and just the different practices. He was, you know, one team member, the door would chime when it would open and his assistant would pop out and say, we'd be with you in a moment. And that's what he did for 50 years and great, you know, great dentist, great practice, but very, very different than what I could see myself doing. So I never really considered dentistry until I was a junior at Notre Dame. And um, the dentist I was seeing, you know, suggested I shadow him to see if I was, would be interested. Well, uh, long story short, it did speak to me and kind of went on to become a dentist and um, went to uh, the Ohio State University for dental school. And I, I say that with a smirk on my face. Coming from, <laughs> coming from Notre Dame, I never understood it. But, um, but uh, you know, I did dentistry for three years and really liked it, liked the relationships. Uh, I was in a busy fee-for-service practice, had, you know, 13 chairs and two dentists and we were humming along and I took a course in uh, TMJ and sleep. 
Uh, and I took one course and started to keep a list of all these people in my practice that we were seeing that needed help. So it was a three session course. And by the end of the third session, I had uh, well over 150 patients that I had screened that needed some sort of help. So uh, January, I took my first course. March, I started my first case. And then by June of that year, my schedule was so busy, I uh, actually stopped doing general dentistry and just started doing TMJ and sleep on you know adults and kids. And uh, so that was 2013. And so uh, started a started you know just doing TMJ and sleep. Developed a team, and then in 2016, we uh, moved into a uh, kind of a storefront, if you will, had about 2,500 square feet. And then as that grew um, in 2022, we moved into a 10,000 square foot facility with a, a treatment, um, you know, educational room, uh, treatment rooms to fit, you know. 10 rooms now. And, you know, we're adding providers and other doctors, physicians and dentists and nurse practitioners and myofunctional therapists. So we got a, a slew of providers now. And so it's been a lot of fun over the past 10 years growing and developing that. Wow. I mean, that's, that's really cool the way the business, um, you know, intentionally evolved, right? I mean, you saw an opportunity learning a, a, a sort of a new skill and then it it blew up into something much larger than that. And I want to get into the, some of the teaching facility and and what you do for others and the courses you provide and guidance and everything like that. I, I don't know any, I mean, you know, I worked for a dental distribution company for 15 years, but it doesn't mean I know anything about clinical dentistry. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but being in Charlotte, I was fortunate to have one of the the major manufacturers literally in out our back door in in Serona and uh they taught a lot of courses. I got to sit in on a lot of things and really the technology side of of dentistry has always fascinated me from the distribution side I guess. And a lot of what they were showing on some of their um 3D units and and everything they were able to do was just mind-boggling to me. And the more I learned from people like yourselves about you know how how those types of technologies can make massive impacts on uh, patients beyond just the scope of what I would call routine dentistry is yep. is really um, opening up. Uh, I tease in the introduction like a blue ocean type of a an approach to to dentistry that's really very innovative. And I think just from a business concept, that's that fascinates me immensely. So kind of long-winded dissertation here, but let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges you had early on. I mean, you, you identified a number of patients right out the chute. Can you take us through like where the growth came from and was it more marketing driven or did you partner with uh, MDs or sleep centers or anything in the area or what, yeah. what did all that look like? Probably the biggest, the biggest challenge uh, was uh, training and developing team and, uh, really training and developing and educating your patients. So, well, I'll start with the team. Um, you know, in, in dentistry, you at least have like a clinical assistant program, right? So you have clinical assistants that know tooth numbers, uh, know generally what a, what a dentist needs and they're trained on how to assist for crowns, bridges, fillings, et cetera. In the TMJ and sleep world, it's kind of a hybrid. You need to know some dental anatomy, 
but you need to know <clears throat> more medical terminology and um, a little more cross pollination with the physicians. So it's it's kind of been coined as the bridge between medicine and dentistry because mm-hmm. we do the things that you're not taught in dental school, but physicians weren't taught in med school. So training the team was a big uh, step because you know, as you know, you, you got to hire the right person and then you can build the skill set. So a lot of times we were taking. Um, you know, people that were medical assistants. Uh, I have some people that were mental health uh, therapy assistants, physical therapy assistants, and dental assistants, and kind of um, developing them into a TMJ sleep, you know, clinical assistant. So that was a big first hurdle because uh, we were kind of starting from scratch, um, but identified good mentors along the way and and really did a lot of team development. And I know the courses I attended, it was it was rare that I didn't bring team members, but it was very common that I was the only dentist there that brought team members. So it always fascinated me is, you know, a dentist would go away to a course for two days and then they'd come back and they'd try to explain it to their team over a one hour lunch in the middle of the day. And then two weeks later, they're frustrated why their team doesn't know what to do. And so it's kind of like, if it took me two full days to comprehend and learn info, it's it's, it's kind of naive if I think I can regurgitate it over a one-hour lunch. So the way we circumvented that challenge is we just blocked a lot of time, like take a whole day off to um, practice, right? And and learn and, and walk through and rehearse and role play. And a lot of dentists, uh, I think, are, are very, well, I can't lose a whole production day, but they'll be frustrated for months trying to implement a new procedure. So I think, you know, taking time off to practice before it's, you know, it's game time was, was huge. And that was very, very beneficial. And, you know, today, for instance, um, we took a half day and we just had a team meeting, did some training, had some breakout sessions with the team. And, you know, everybody was here at seven 30, but we didn't see our first patient till noon. And it's just kind of a, a blocked half day that we take every month and sometimes more if needed. So that was kind of like, you know, I guess big hurdle one on, on the patient side uh, or on the team side, on the patient side, people don't know what they don't know, but they know their symptoms, but they might not correlate the problems. Now, most people know if my tooth hurts, I either need a filling or crown a root canal or it needs to be taken out. So if you go into the dentist and your tooth hurts and the dentist says you need a filling, you need a crown, you need a root canal, you're going to lose it most people have heard one of those four options before. And so the delta to explain what symptom is to what solution is, is really not that big of a discrepancy. And it's a, it's a somewhat of an easy battle um, to educate. Um, Whereas the world we're in now is um, I wake up with a headache. Okay. So now I have to explain that that could be because you have a nasal blockage that's causing you to clench and grind. And the temporalis muscle that activates you to clench is pushing on nerves. It's giving you a headache or your oxygen levels are dropping. And because you have low oxygen, your blood's not saturated. So you wake up with a low oxygen headache that may be related to your sleep apnea and all that's happening when you're unconscious. But that's what I think your problem is. Like that Delta is a much bigger discrepancy to bridge with the patient. So finding a way to take what I learned from a physician and a dentist in technical terms and break it down 
to something that's very tangible for the patient to understand. That that was kind of the biggest hurdle on the patient communication standpoint. Um, and uh, and so just a lot of analogies, a lot of role play, rehearsing, uh, seeing when I connect with a patient, seeing when I don't, asking my team for feedback. Did I lose the patient? Where do you think I lost them? So that was probably like the second, you know, big, big hurdle as I jumped into this because it's stuff that they haven't heard from their physician or dentist before. And it was the first time hearing it. Wow. That's a, that's a great deep dive into the the mindset and, and like the um, tactical knowledge, granular knowledge along the way. And um, I know our, our audience loves the typically business concepts because DeWalker and I get kind of wonky about things on the podcast yeah. and tend to go go down rabbit holes that make no sense to anybody but everybody seems to eat it up you know but this is one of them that's uh this much more clinically driven um that we don't get to hear that often but it's a business concept because i think it's uh it can be a massive competitive advantage at least from a standpoint of not um not getting drawn into a commoditized healthcare services business yep. you know and i mean that's i think that's what we fear for all professionals is that, you know, the the patient population just starts to see a cleanings, a cleanings, a cleaning, what's the big difference, you know, and that's, that's not where any of us want to end up. And you've really created a business that's 180 degrees opposite from that. Now, Daniel, I mean, you, you practice a full-time load, you've got um, the the learning center, the teaching center, you are the CEO of the business and wear a lot of hats in addition to being a family man and all of that. I mean, you're one of those those guys that I I, I kind of wonder how often you sleep, but um, that's <laughs> you need to see somebody else for that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what um, maybe take uh, take me and our audience through kind of the journey around the hats you do wear and, and how you kind of balance isn't the right word, but prioritize, you know, yeah. the, the clinical aspects, being the CEO of your business, the, the educational center and everything else that you do. Yeah. So kind of my weekly routine, if you will, is, uh, you know, Monday morning, uh, you know, leave the house at seven, uh, drop, we have five kids. So I drop four of them off at school and then get to the office for morning huddle. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I see patients clinically eight to four. Um, we work eight to four straight through lunch. We have a kitchen upstairs and it's stocked for the team. So people just, you know, find time to break away and grab a, a bite to eat. And then we're wrapped up at, at four. Um, and then Thursday, Friday is kind of on the business, if you will, meetings, uh, individual meetings with teams, accounting, taxes, uh, practice development, lunches, uh, meeting other doctors and things like that. Um, and then usually if we teach, it's a Friday, Saturday. Um, and, uh, and that'll either be, you know, we host courses here at our office or lecture for American Academy of Cranial Facial Pain and some mentors that I've worked with over the years of having give, me give various lectures. Um, and then we opened a second location in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and uh and so i'll spend time working with those doctors and my partners over there that run that and and so i try my best to you know when clinic day starts disengage of other stuff and just be in the back clinic hallway and um get my admin stuff done um either a little bit before the day starts but really try to push it 
to Thursday or Friday. So there's plenty of Thursday Fridays where uh, I try to work when the kids are at school. So, you know, eight, eight o'clock to three o'clock, just kind of get a bunch of stuff done and then kind of unplug. I used to get a lot of work done at home. Uh, and now I've, I've just been either, it's either I'm very disciplined or I'm way too tired to do, to do work after, you know, the kids go down and it's eight 30 at night and everything. But, um, that's kind of how I try to compartmentalize my day. Um, and I, I'm a, I don't know, I, I'm a to-do list kind of guy. So I'll write stuff down on a loose sheet of paper, check it off by the end of the week and throw it away. Um, there's something gratifying to that. So that's kind of usually how I try to you know, break up my week, um, if you will. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's a, sometimes, uh, you know, all of us that are, are like living on the clock, it seems just, it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing after another. And you, you sometimes get focused on, uh, the doing and you lose sight of, you know, where you, uh, as, as an entrepreneur, where you want the business to end up in the next, five to 10 years, three to five years, whatever the, the next phase of it is. And, and you're running kind of multiple concurrent, multiple businesses concurrently um, that feed off of one another, um, but they're each sort of their own dynamic animal as well. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's super cool. Can you, can you tell our audience a little bit more about um, the learning center? Um, you know, I guess, what you teach, yeah. the class sizes, kind of that application of it, if you will. So yeah, we we it's it fits about uh, you know forty people with tables, sixty to seventy if you just do chairs, and it's got um, three huge monitors, and it can stream live from the clinical ops to the uh, to the seminar room. And so, uh, truthfully, built it kind of with three purposes in mind, and maybe four, I should say. One. Um, patient education. So we host patient information nights on various topics, diet, lifestyle, sleep quality, ear, nose, and throat issues, uh, breathing issues, um, mental issues, things like that. So we host once a month for patients. We host and record a wellness workshop, and that's a a perk of being a a patient of ours, if you will. Um, So patient-forward stuff. Uh, Two, um, when we do team meetings, we used to go off site, rent the conference room at the bank, um, and it just wasn't very productive to sit in the lobby with notebooks on your lap and stuff like that. So now we have a team conference center. We have a team of 15 people now, so we can comfortably make like a, a King Arthur round you know, table, if you will, and have, have us all be around and, and really have some great team sessions in there. Um, and then... Uh, teach courses and take courses. So uh, I've been honored enough to be asked to teach uh, various courses, uh, some with my mentors, some with the academy, and some on business and practice development type stuff. So I can bring doctors in. And dentists are very interesting. We like to touch, see, and feel everything. And so dentists that want to learn how to do TMJ and sleep, they'd always say, well, can I come shadow or can I come see your office? And it's great. I love having Dr. Shadow, but it's a lot on my team. Um, and it's a lot on me because the day is busy. And 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 so, but we wanted to make that opportunity. So if people are interested, they come to a course, they can learn something, whether it's directly about TMJ or other dental stuff, they can, because um, we've hosted oral pathology courses, radiology courses, different things that aren't just TMJ and sleep. 
and they can come touch, see, and feel the clinic, see how we set it up and all the thought that went into the flow. Um, our staff break room is second to none. Um, they have a lounge and, you know, a full kitchen. And so uh, that's to like give courses. Uh, we do with our American Academy of Craniofacial Pain. I let them, we use that space uh, to host courses. And then uh, selfishly to take courses. So I've now hosted in the first year, I think we hosted five courses where I invited doctors that I wanted to learn about to host a course at my office. And um, I wouldn't have to travel to take the course. You know, they could come teach in a world-class facility. And then it's a double purpose. One, it's stuff I want to learn. But two, my referral partners, I could, I've brought in some big name speakers where they don't have to travel to go, come hear some really cool content that usually you'd be going to, you know, Dallas, Charlotte, you know, big cities for. And if we can draw in 30, 40 captive, attentive people, um, you know, speakers, you know, enjoy it, like it and have an awesome facility to do it. So we've done some hands-on um, PRP, PRF, which is platelet-rich fibrin injections. We brought in Dr. Rick Moran for that. Uh, we brought in Dr. Mike Karagiannis on physical therapy and Dr. Mark Cantieri on prolotherapy, Dr. Steve Almos on TMJ and sleep. So we've had some pretty cool speakers come through here already in the first year. Um, and so that's kind of what, how that came to life. And, um, and so we can also do some group therapy and group treatment on some of our kids in the space as well. Um, and then a kind of a bonus is some community people, um, some business coaches um, and local people have rented the space um, to host their seminars and workshops, some parent groups and stuff like that. So really want the community to use it and have access to it and share it. So it's it's been fun. It's a it's a great vehicle for business development. You touched on so many things right there that that hopefully will get our audience just out of their own four walls and to think, yeah. you know, progressions of magnitude greater, I would say. And that, you know, when you're talking about building a, a relatively unique mm -hmm. business around a greater value proposition, you know, you're you're also you're you're kind of talking about scaling an experience for lack of a better yep. term and I, I think that's um that's something that we can all learn from and and really really great feedback now we DeWalker and I have had the opportunity to spend time with you on on multiple occasions and what I might call strategy sessions yep. or or just you know brain data dumps together and stuff yep. and it's it's always uh um, uh, a coffee-filled endeavor for me, for sure. But it's a it's a ton of fun. I wonder if maybe, um, uh, without disclosing any of the um, confidential nature of anything that we we discuss, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just taking a second on yeah. sort of our interaction and kind of the time we've spent. So it really kind of goes back to what we started at about education. So I, um, uh, you and DeWalker uh, operate. And I, I maybe didn't realize this at first, but looking back, operately similar to I do. It's like, all right, how do I put content information, knowledge out there so that it attracts the people that I can best serve, right? So your podcasts, uh, your your um, emails, your content goes out into the universe and the people it speaks to are the people you want to work with. And then they come trying to get more insight information and knowledge from you. And, and so it's kind of like a screening mechanism. So as we educate the community and educate our patients, 
if we're speaking the same language, we're talking about health the way they view health, we see eye to eye and tend we tend to have a healthy working relationship. And so that's kind of how it started off in my first conversations with with the Walker and you was was um, value systems were in line, uh, taking care of the doctor, uh, making it your vision. Not and and that's the tough thing with doctors is we could ask you and the Walker like, hey, what's what's this even a multiple going to be or what's this what's that and you guys could talk all day long about what's possible, but until you know what the doctor wants needs and their life needs, you know just because they can do it doesn't mean they should do it. And so I think it's, it's been great. You, you, uh, I hate the, you're not one size fits all, but that's the reality of it is, is, you know, you have to do a good amount of inventory and intake before parent and walkers brain can get to work on what's best for the person in front of them. And so, you know, you, you appropriately, uh, have, uh, steered me into situations that are going to be healthier for me and my family and steered me away from great opportunities that weren't the right opportunity for me. And that's what has been very valuable is, is having that transparent dialogue of, um, yeah, I know that sounds exciting and that's, but you know, is that really what you, what you need and want? And, um, and so the uh, the days that we spent together have been, you know, very impactful and and really like with our group practice and starting a second location and looking at, okay, what's, what's a five, 10 year plan look like and how many locations do you want and what do you want them to feel like and look like has been extremely valuable. And so, the, you know, I, I wrote a book for our patients to touch, see, and feel what we do. And that's the equivalent of your podcast, your newsletters, and all the content you put out there. I think real quick, doctors, physicians, dentists can start to understand who you are because I don't I don't need to know everything you parent know, but I need to know that you know it and that I trust you and that I don't need to know all the nitty-gritty details. And that's where I try to get with my patients. Right? I don't I want them to trust me uh so that I can explain to them what they need to know to get themselves better. But I don't need to go down into the nitty gritty details where they got to go back to dental school just to learn the terminology. So I think that's a little bit of a a dance that you have to do with your clients and your patients is earn and develop that trust. And then, um, you know, the saying is speed equals trust. So the more someone trusts me, I think the faster they get better. And I'd say the same is in your situation as well. Yeah, I, that's very well said and far more eloquently than I could uh, ever state it. So thank you for that. But I think the, you know, the fun thing for us um, is that when we get a, a chance to interact with with somebody such as yourself, typically in those discovery day type sessions or strategy sessions, it's, it, you know, you kind of guide half the day based on what what you want to know, what you want to learn, what you want to uncover. And then we kind of guide half the day based on our experience. And and between the two, we end up with a, a pretty healthy discussion that's probably mutually exhausting when all is said and done. But um, it, it, you know, it, it can kind of be a lot of fun, too. I mean, because um, when you start tugging at strings, you're really never sure where they're going to go. And I like to say we do crush a lot of hopes and dreams by dissuading people from doing certain things based on what we've seen before. But that, you know, that ultimately helps accelerate your learning curve. I, I like to tell people that if you make a financial mistake, 
you can prop more than likely you can out earn your problem. You can outwork your problem, you know, but one thing you can't make up for is lost time. And I think that's the, the real key. It's, there's the dollar piece of it, but there's also the, wow, that was a waste of two years. I've, I wish I would have talked to these guys earlier type thing. Yeah. So, um, those are, those were fun days. And I, I hope we get to host you again on, on yeah. the next wrinkle for your business well, too. I'd say that the most exhausting part of those days is when you give the Walker a dry erase marker, <laughs> then, uh, you know, that's you have to do some mathematic gymnastics to keep up with them, but it's, it, that's usually the exhausting part. It so takes you a little, it takes you a little while to read his yeah. handwriting and then yeah, to reverse yeah. engineer the math, right? Yeah, I'd say, uh, it, well, you know, when you go and spend a day with Walker and Perrin, just do all the numbers in the morning and then <laughs> talk talk, uh, talk about them in the afternoon. But yeah, I mean, probably the the you know the two days that. Uh, you know, amongst other conversations, but the two full days that we blocked out down there about a year apart were, um, were so great because it's a big bird's eye view with, with really two savants in the industry. Um, and you and Walker were really good about due diligence before looking at numbers, um, team breakdown and, and possibilities. And then, you know, parlaying that with your experience in the industry to see, okay, what, what is, what is the next phase chapter look like? What makes the more, most sense and where are going to be some roadblocks and things. And so, you know, it's, um, it's fascinating to get minds like yours on, you know, challenges, situations, problems that we have going on just to, to pick your brain and, you know, saying no to stuff is really, really hard. And, um, and until, you, you know, last thing you want to do is be two years into a project. And like you said, you lose that time and you realize that's not the project for me. And um, financially, you're fine, but you just wasted a lot of mental energy and and uh, time that you'll never get back. Amen to that. This has been a, uh, a great discussion today. Daniel, in the last couple of a minute or so in our conversation here, maybe looking back on your journey, um, any advice, words of wisdom or anything else like that you'd like to share with our audience, the things you wish you knew when you started out or anything along those lines? You know, my, I'd say one word like mentors and my, uh, my dad did a residency at Mayo Clinic and, uh, he did two actually. And part of the program there was, um, you know, you had a mentor every year and you met with that mentor during the week and you, you know, you had a relationship with them. And so he he always said, find a mentor. So I had some in undergrad. Um, one was a local business guy that I'd get lunch with and he uh, gave me some books to read through school. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the first book uh, he gave me was um, uh, Atlas Shrugged. And, um, and, uh, if, if you haven't read that, reading that today is very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, and then in dental school, I found, you know, the first doctor I worked with and then, um, and then I didn't have a business mentor and that, uh, that introduced me to, uh, my business mentor, um, and via my business mentor, I met Dr. Vickers. So I met Scott Manning and then met Dr. Aaron Vickers. And Aaron worked with you and um, DeWalker, and he's the one who introduced you to you guys. So I'd say the biggest advice is, you know, 
you've heard it like Michael Jordan had a coach. So I, I think a lot of times we have good clinical mentors, but then sometimes we don't have a business life mentor and, and teaming up with, uh, you know, a healthcare partner like Polaris or, um, you know, a strategic coach or even just like someone to work on balance with life and family outside of dentistry, I think is huge. And so when I talk to aspiring dentists, um, you know, if you could do something sooner, what would you have done? And maybe I wasn't ready at the time because you're so ingrained in the clinical, but I would have brought on a, you know, a business coach, uh, partner right out of the gates, if you will. Um, because if you're not forced to answer questions about what you want your next three, five, 10 years to look like, you're just going to keep going and you'll look back and you'll be like, man, if I would have started saving or if I would have, you know, put money aside to build a building, if I would have started that 10 years ago, I'd be there right now. Um, because thankfully as a dentist, you can make pretty good money, but you can also spend it pretty well if, if you don't have it allocated before you earn it. And um, and I say I think allocating your money before you earn it is is a pretty good practice. So then you're very intentional with where it's going, and you're not looking back and um, wondering why your expenses kept rising as your income kept rising. So and I think mentors uh, that look forward and have seen the trials and tribulations on the business side can really really um, help steer you in the right direction. Um, so I, I'd say mentors and get them outside of the industry, outside of the clinical industry, if you will. And that's that's going to be one of your best bets. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I transitioned from a, a group coaching program that I was part of called Strategic Coach into working with a, a business yeah. coach one on one several months ago. And and it's it was the right step at the right time for me and my development. But I've you know, I, I, I couldn't agree with everything you just said more. And and I live that, um, on, on my personal and professional life too. So, um, and the one at, thing, one thing yeah. I would interrupt you with from a coaching standpoint is that a, a doctor I was working with, um, was great. I don't regret it. I had a, had a wonderful experience, but as I got into TMJ and sleep, uh, it, it was, wasn't in our community, but the guy I was collaborating with, he goes, you do know as doing TMJ and sleep, you're going to cap at about a million dollars. And I said, yeah, that's okay. You know, I I still make a good living and I like what I do. And I kind of didn't think much of it. My very first meeting with Scott, he said, uh, oh man, you, you'll be able to get up to, uh, you'll be able to get up to, you know, 4 million by yourself. And in my head, I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, look at all the people you can help. And um, and just kind of took the the glass ceiling, if you will, off of what's what you think is possible and improved efficiencies. And that's what led to us having a nurse practitioner and other providers. And so we're knocking on the door of that this year. And while it's way more than I thought we'd ever do in TMJ and sleep, I don't know that I would have allowed myself to think it was possible if someone outside the industry challenged the status quo and and kind of helped me develop the efficiencies. And that kind of led into me conversing with you and Walker over the years about the multi-locations and building things so that they're they're primed to uh um you know exponentially grow in the future. Yeah, almost somebody that gives us permission to think bigger, right? 
Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing what perspective will do in terms of reorienting how you do what you do, and and that that in and of itself is uh, um, is is worth all of it, in my opinion. So, kudos to you, my friend, Daniel Clower. Thank this you. has been a uh, a wonderful discussion. I I can't believe after all these years of the first time I've had you on the podcast, it won't be the last, and <laughs> maybe the next time I have you on, we can discuss who is John Galt for uh for all the audience who can uh, yeah. relate to that comment right yeah. so thank you, you so go. much for your time today and and joining me um this uh uh has been um uh you know just a, a great great discussion i know our audience is going to be better for it and i really value your time thank you so much my my pleasure parent have a great day and uh tell the walker we said hi uh, I will definitely do it. I might even put it on a spreadsheet. Dr. Daniel Clower, <laughs> founder of uh, TMJ and Sleep Dentistry Center in Granger, Indiana. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you to everyone for being in our audience, being loyal listeners and followers. We really appreciate you sharing the show, giving us the compliments that you do, and certainly the ratings that you do. It, it helps us in terms of search. And it helps more people find our show as well. Stick around. We'll see you on the next episode. Cheers, everybody.